Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. The Combine. These players are going to enter the NFL Draft. But first, they must run, jump, throw, and answer a few questions. But at the end of the day, we have to have an answer, you know, in some form or fashion, you know. And so, yeah, there's pressure that comes along with it. And, and um, again, that's also part of the excitement, too, is that pressure, is finding that guy. Um, and, uh, you know, that'll be the next task. Who do you think you are? I am. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming to you live from Indianapolis, the site of the 2023 Scouting Combine. It is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I'm in the Airbnb. Everything really gets going, gets cracking, gets ramped up tomorrow morning, bright and early. Uh, wasn't going to able to have a flight tonight that was going to be a direct flight to make it all the way in here and be out here on time. So had to take a late flight last night and got here around 3 o'clock in the morning. And you want to talk about weird time. <laughs> you, you, leave, you leave Las Vegas and it's about 6.30 in the afternoon, almost 7 o'clock in the evening. And then all of a sudden you arrive here and it's like 1 in the morning. And by the time you get your bags, you get your rental car, you get to your Airbnb, you get settled in. It is 3.30 in the morning, but that's what it was, and uh, we are here. It's been a fun first day here in Indy. Haven't really done a whole lot. Just went out to the to the grocery store and grabbed a couple things for the Airbnb, a couple beverages, got some Gatorade, got some Red Bull, got some Rockstar, got some Waters, of course, some cheeses and some chips. <laughs> and that was, that was my shopping for the day. <laughs> so not a very good selection of stuff. I'm not a very good shopper when it comes to packing up the Airbnb full of stuff, but I got everything I needed. I got the essentials. I got the drinks. I got the, well, the snacks, and I'm good to go. There will be obviously a lot of meeting and greeting going on this week here in Indy, and this is really when the, the building a team, the process of these NFL teams, all 32 across the league, whatever the state is, whatever, if you're a team that is already a contender, like say the Philadelphia Eagles who just lost in the Super Bowl, or even a team that won the Super Bowl like Kansas City, you could always continue to improve your team no matter what. Or you could be a bottom feeder team that you know has to do the whole roster over or be a team in between. Whatever the case may be, it all gets started this week in Indianapolis. A lot of folks are coming into town and Saw a lot of folks getting into town late last night. Matter of fact, on the fleet, the same flight I was on, uh, a big contingency from the Raiders uh, was on that flight, and they got off at the same time and, of course, uh, got their bags. They went their direction. I went my direction. So it's going to get really ramped up this week. Very excited about the opportunity to be here. This is the very first time I've ever been able to cover a scouting combine, so it's another uh, check-a-box type moment for me. And, of course, this trip is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casino of the Las Vegas Raiders. We do appreciate them for uh, helping us get out here to Indianapolis and be be ready to do everything that we do. And it's funny, I was out at Kroger's. That was the grocery store that I went to earlier. And uh, the lady checked my ID. I had bought some uh, cold beverages, some Modelo's. I had bought some cold beverages for the late night. So she checked my ID and she said, oh, you're the first person we've seen from Nevada. And I said, oh, you won't, I won't be the last one, right? There's plenty of people coming in from all over. And so she said, oh, you must be here for the NFL event going on at Lucas Oil Stadium. I said, hey, I sure am, the scouting combine. And she said, Damon, are you trying out? <laughs> And I said, did you see my ID that you just checked? There ain't no way this 46-year-old is trying out for anything. The only thing I'm trying out for is trying not to get in the way. That's what I'm trying. But she said, are you trying out? No, not at all. 
it sounds kind at first, but she just looked at your age. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Talk about the 46-year-old rookie. That'd be something, right? Something hey, about a movie. Right, exactly. How about this guy? 46 years old. He's making his NFL debut. What is he doing? Nothing. <laughs> he ain't got nothing. As she saw, I was buying, I guess because maybe I was buying waters and Gatorades and a couple cold beverages, she thought maybe I just uh, was trying to take the edge off. I don't know. But there was no way that uh, <laughs> this guy is getting near any of the field, only to talk to the, uh, the, the prospects that are going to be here. And that's the thing about it. There's over 300 prospects here this week. And obviously, you're not going to be able to talk to all of them. And there's going to be some that are going to be so busy with nothing but media around them. But it's a great opportunity to kind of get up close and personal with some of these prospects that are here. So excited about that opportunity. Head coach Josh McDaniels will talk to the media at 7 in the morning Pacific time, 10 a.m. here, but 7 a.m. there. So that'll be fun. You can hear from head coach Josh McDaniels on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. And Vinny Bonsignor is actually in travel right now. He's on his way to Indy. And it's, it's probably the first time ever in the history of traveling I've arrived somewhere before Vinny. Vinny always takes off a day early, so I, I told DeMond before the show, I think I took a page out of Vinny's uh, book of travel and actually took off a little bit before him. Uh, I did get in town with Vic Tafer, got in at the same time last night, and so uh, there are a lot of people uh, already here in town, and a lot of folks have started to uh, arrive as they've been traveling all Monday morning. And some folks have got stuck at the airport. I've seen a lot of people get stuck at the airport because of the weather, and I don't know about you uh, back in Las Vegas, but... The weather here is kind of ugly, not cold or anything, but it's just really rainy. And it's so funny. I got in so late into the, the Airbnb, like I mentioned, about 3.30, and I kind of just felt my way around it, you know, just kind of, you know, got in, got settled, wanted to get to bed as quickly as possible. And I was like, man, that rain sure is coming down hard. It's so loud. Well, today, this morning, as I was kind of putting stuff together and, and, and kind of getting my bearings here in the Airbnb, I realized my window in my room was open all night. So that's why it was so stinking loud because the damn window was open. So, yeah, I'll tell you, Damon. This place, what do we say? What do we say in, in, in Phoenix? Uh, today's price, yesterday's price is not today's price. Yesterday's place is not today's place. Oh let me, no! Let me just tell you, no, this is not. This isn't bad at all. It's not bad at all, and it's only me, so it's not like you know we have a bunch of us like we did before. But uh, it's not. It, it doesn't have the trees in the front and the back like the other place. Yeah, you set the bar too high for yourself with that Phoenix Airbnb. <laughs> I think that yeah, because that place was extravagant. Yeah, and now you're probably, you're nice. at a place that's, that's nice right now, but you're used to the finer things. Right, exactly. I kind of looked around. I was like, yeah. Okay, that's cool. No robes waiting for you in the bathroom, huh? No, no robes in the bathroom. No cable. No cable on the TVs. Remember I, I mentioned that that's something that usually happens in Airbnbs? They usually stream everything? Well, that's what it is here. So there will be no TV for me this week, which is okay. I don't. I mean, I don't need no TV. I got plenty going on, so I can entertain myself. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not quite what we had in Phoenix. We really went all the way out in Phoenix and, and did the damn thing. But uh, here we are. So excited to be here for this week, and it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a Super Bowl light, so I'm excited about this opportunity and hopefully we bring you a great a great amount of uh, coverage and answer a lot of questions hopefully there's a lot of questions that we can answer along the way as well coming up on the show today speaking of Vic Tafer our guest at 2:30, Vic Tafer who's here in Indy from the athletic he will join us to talk about all things combine what he's expecting what he wants to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels kind of where he's looking at certain certain prospects of course the quarterback conversation is going to come up but uh, him and Tashawn have been putting out a bunch of work on the athletic so we'll talk all things silver and black and combine and expectations with Vic Tafer coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, we'll continue with our sound from Daniel Jeremiah. Last Friday night, he did the 
pre or Friday afternoon, I should say, he did the pre-combine conference call. We got to a lot of the sound bites that had to do just with the quarterback position. Well, we'll open it up today at 3 o'clock. We'll get more sound from that conference call. As, uh, this is the, really the last day that it's relevant because after today, then everything is all about what's new, and all the new will be happening inside Lucas Oil Stadium uh, tomorrow. So excited about that. So you'll hear from Daniel Jeremiah coming up at 3 o'clock. Chrissy Freud from NFL. She covers the NFL draft for SI.com, talks to a lot of quarterbacks. She's going to join us at 3.30, and she's going to talk to us about Houston quarterback Clayton Toon. And the reason I wanted to make sure to talk about Clayton Toon is because, well, DeMond, a lot of folks have hit us up and said, that's the guy you guys aren't even talking about. You guys are sleeping on him. You guys got a conversation about Jake Hayner on, but how come Clayton Toon? How can we not focus in on him? And He's been on my radar. The thing about Clayton Toon is the style of offense that he comes from there at Houston, a lot of times it does get overlooked. A lot of times it is one of those say, yeah, but, you know, similar to what I say all the time about Baylor when they, they were coached up by Art Bryles is that a lot of times that kind of style didn't translate in the NFL. And so I believe that Clayton Toon is a guy that uh, has some good assets. He's really a good player. But because of the style of offense that he comes from, it's probably going to be overlooked. Well, Chrissy had an opportunity to actually talk to him and break it down and ask him the questions about the style of offense that he came from. So I'm excited about uh, hearing from Chrissy at 3.30. She did really good work on talking about Clayton Toon, but then she also talks to a bunch of quarterbacks. She has her thoughts on the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. So uh, we'll deep dive all things quarterback at 3.30 with Chrissy Freud. Uh, she covers the NFL Draft, SI.com. Does a heck of a job. You can actually find her on Twitter, at Chrissy underscore Freud. So that will be a fun conversation. I say it all the time that there is no stone that we want to leave unturned when it comes to these prospects because, honestly, I have no idea. We can argue. We can uh, you know, speculate. We can talk about who we think is going to be uh, the guy that the Raiders are going to select or, or the prospects you know, in this draft process who the Raiders are going to select. But until we actually start to see a pattern of what Dave Ziegler and company wants to do, we don't really know their tendencies. And so uh, we're trying to uncover every stone as possible. We're trying to make sure that we have every basis covered. So uh, Chrissy Freud joins us at 3.30 at 4.15. My man, DeMond. DeMond was out there at uh, Cashman Field along with Harry Ruiz on the call for, uh, for the XFL, the Vegas Vipers, and they lost another game. Uh, they were, had the lead in the first half, lost in the second half. Uh, Rod Woodson, the head coach of the Vegas Vipers, will join us at 4.15. Uh, at 4 o'clock, though, we'll get DeMond's thoughts on just the broadcast, his opportunity. I was able to tune in for a little while and hear him and Harry. I thought they did a great job. I saw a lot of Raider Nation tweeting uh, that they did a great job, so congratulations to you guys on that. You have another game coming up this week against Seattle. So you'll be back on the grind on Saturday. But uh, before I know at four o'clock, we'll deep dive into your experience. But uh, what did you think, Damon? What did you think of your first opportunity to do a little XFL uh, color commentary side by side with Harry Ruiz? I had a blast. It was one of those moments where you pinch yourself because Harry mentioned it on the broadcast, oh, this is your first one. And I said, yeah, I did a couple games. Cosby said, no, but this is your first professional game. And it's like, yeah, I guess it is. So first professional game had that pinch yourself moment and being a part with the XFL. I mean, it was fun. I know you said we're going to get to a deeper dive, so I don't want to spoil too much. But just my first couple of sentences, it was fun. Had a blast. I can't wait for this Saturday. <laughs> That's good. That's how it should be. You should be fired up. And congratulations again. I thought from what I heard, you did a hell of a job. I saw the picture that you tweeted out of you and Harry, and you were looking good. You looked the part. You sounded the part. So uh, hats off to you. Everyone that I talked to on the business side of things when it comes to our radio station thought you did a good job as well. So, again, kudos to you. And I saw a lot of folks like Just Win Wendy and others uh, tweeting out that they heard you and thought you did a fantastic job. And one more thing about the XFL. How was that second half, that field, man, that 
left field condition. Sounded awful, looked awful. I heard at one point you're like, yeah, there shouldn't be no more kicking in this game. So <laughs> yes, exactly. That was the point that I made. Where it's with the XFL, let's say if you do the kickoff, you kick it out of bounds, you know, oh, accidents yep. happen. The ball goes to the 45-yard line. Yep. So that happened like after the, um, excuse me, the, DF- the DC defenders, they scored, and they yep. go for the kickoff, and the guy just falls flat on his back. And the ball's now at the 45. And then when it came to kicking field goals, no, we see what happens when these kickers try to plant some good, you know, get a good footing. I would have been going for two, going for three the entire time. No extra points, no field goals. Yeah, it was it was very interesting to say the least. No doubt. So we'll talk to head coach Rod Woodson at four fifteen, and he wasn't too happy after the loss. Of course, the Vegas Vipers dropped to zero and two. They've had uh, leads in both of their games, and then they've lost. And he's not hearing about the weather. He don't care about the weather. It was the weather was for both teams, and his team just didn't do enough, especially in the second half. So uh, I heard him talk after the game, and like I said, he wasn't too fired up, or he wasn't too happy. He was pretty fired up, but he wasn't too happy about the performance of his team in the second half. So we'll get coach's thoughts coming up at four fifteen. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Vic Tafer at 2.30, Chrissy Freud at 3.30, Rod Woodson at 4.15. And, of course, we'll hear from Daniel Jeremiah. And more importantly than all, we'll hear from you at 702-365-9200 or don'tbebroke.com. Text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. And before we jump into the opening drive, got a text from Geese Mode. He said, first NFL start in your 40s? Sounds like Hendon Hooker. <laughs> cheap shot, cheap shot. But uh, there, it is what it is. Hendon Hooker is obviously the oldest uh, quarterback going to be in the draft. He ain't 40. He's only 25. So uh, I got some years on Hendon Hooker. But uh, well done, Geese Mode. Well done. So with all that being said, you know the guests coming up on the show today. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So there's so many things that go on here in Indy, and we focus in on the combine. We focus in on the prospects that are uh, actually draft eligible, right? We talk about the 40 time. We talk about the drills. We want to see the quarterbacks throw in. Look, we got all the schedules for that, and Josh McDaniels is going to talk tomorrow morning. We're excited about that. Dave Ziegler is going to talk at some point as well. We're excited about that. But that's not the only thing that goes on here at the Combine. And a lot of the stuff that goes on here at the Combine is really after hours. And that's where I'm really going to, that's where I'm going to thrive. And Demond, you know how I get down. You saw me in action in Phoenix. You know my networking skills. That's, that's how I'm going to get down uh, here on this trip here in Indy when when it's like, hey, we're going over to this spot or we're going over to that spot and, hey, a group of us are going over here, let's go. That's where I'll be because I want to get the scoop. And I'll tell you, there's already been reports that the Bears are trying to trade out of the number one spot. Uh, we found out earlier today that Carson Wentz got released by the Washington Commanders. Uh, there's all kind of different news, notes, nuggets. There's already conversation about Bryce Young and his height. So that's being all of a sudden talked about and speculated about. And, of course, we'll find out when he does his official you know weigh-ins and his height and all that good stuff when they take the measurements. So I ask you, Raider Nation, what, and this is, I think, a very important question. you got to really think about it. What would you like to have answered? What would, or what would you like to have uh, answered coming out of the com- combine here in Indy? And it's not just, you know, well, how, how does this guy throw? How does this guy run? How does this guy look? I mean, there's so many ans- questions that could be answered, and it doesn't even have to do necessarily with guys that are being drafted, but there's just that much conversation, groundwork for trades start to happen here. You know, speculation on if guys are going to get released or not starts happening here. You know, the, spe- the, the, the report about Jalen Ramsey could be traded in the next couple weeks. Guess what? A lot of the conversation is going to end up happening here. 
John McClain tells us all the time, tampering is not allowed, but tampering always happens, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is what it is, and that's what they're going to be doing all week here in India. I already saw the Dallas Cowboys bus come rolling into town. Jerry always has to make his presence felt, uh, and, and all the rest of the teams are here as well. So uh, I really want to know. I got a few different questions that I want to throw out there to you, but I really want to know what questions would you like answered coming out of the combine here in Indy? And if you want to kind of put it together, you could say as well, um, you know, what would you like Josh McDaniels to answer tomorrow morning? Because he's talking at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning Pacific time. So what, what questions would you like answer or a question to him? What would you like uh, ask to him? And what, what answers would you like him to give? So really kind of a two-parter. What do you want to know about the, the silver and black or anything else coming out of Indy? And then what would you like head coach Josh McDaniels to answer coming out of here, especially since he's talking bright and early tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So I'll throw it, I'll throw it out there to you at 702-365-9200, our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. But, DeMond, I'll put the hot seat on you. I'll put the spotlight on you. What questions would you like to answer coming out of this week? Realistically, I know he can't tell you know who, who they want to be at seven because then you'll be showing your hands, but how aggressive are you going to be in this draft? That could be trading up. That could be trading back. Or if he could just say, hey, we're going to be very aggressive in this draft, that would be something you know because obviously he's not going to show all of his hands. But right, that would right. be enough for me to say, okay, I like what, he, I like what they're going to or what I at least think or to expect of what they're going to do in this draft. That's, that's fair. I think a, a good way to, to kind of – uh, phrase that question if you're going to ask about the draft is is really more you know how how deep do you think this draft is with talent how much do you think that you could turn the the roster over how much can you build right you know and we've kind of talked about it before you know can they get this thing turned around in one offseason you know how much can this draft really help a uh, uh, fix up your 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 roster you know give you some defensive talent give you some offensive talent uh, obviously he's not going to say what they're going to do like you said at seven but you know the the question about being aggressive I think that that's fair uh, also you know just kind of what are, you, what are your thoughts on the quarterback class right I mean just just ask without saying what quarterback do you want to take or is there a quarterback but you know what what are your thoughts on the quarterback class? What are you looking for in a quarterback? And maybe maybe that could be a, an answer that is is a, a question that could be answered by either Dave Ziegler or uh, or head coach Josh McDaniels. So I just feel like that there's so many different you know different avenues that you can go down here. And, and honestly, I kind of want to know, and I think we'll find out tomorrow. First of all, I want to know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with the combine, but depending on what he says on Pat McAfee's show. There could be some groundwork laid for a trade here. Not necessarily just saying with the Raiders, with anybody. If, if in fact, he does want to get traded, I think that there will be a lot of groundwork laid here at the Combine. So that's something that uh, I kind of want to know the answer to. And, I do, like I said, I think a lot of the business side of things starts to get done here. So that's, that's one thing. And, you know, as far as other, other questions that could be asked, I really kind of want to know, who are some guys that are flying under the radar? We know all the big names, right? We talk about all the big names. We can, you know, recite them in our sleep. But the other, the other thing I want to know is just, like, who are some of these under-the-radar guys? You know, I remember, I say it all the time, I remember when uh, the draft process and, and Max Crosby was going through it, I had a guy named Bill Jones who uh, worked for CBS in Dallas, and he kept saying, watch out for this Max Crosby guy. Uh, I know a lot of people haven't heard about him, but uh, he's got a lot of potential. He's got the size. He's got the quickness. He's got a motor that doesn't stop. And I had no idea who Max Crosby was. I was not even going to lie to you and act like I did. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Raiders took him. And I was like, oh, wait, that's the guy that Bill was talking about. And then I started doing some research. And, well, 
One thing led to another. They were on hard knocks. Everybody saw him perform. Everybody saw him break his hand and go into the locker room and get it taped up and come back. And, well, now Max Crosby is a second contract haver. He's a big-time player for the Silver and Black. He's a big impact player on the, on the defensive side of the ball. But he was a guy that was literally flying under the radar. Nobody was really talking about Max Crosby. And I think I have a question also for Dave Ziegler that's more, you know, more of a GM question than a coach question. But at what position do you think could produce the most first, like day one starters in oh, this yeah. draft? Yep. Because that would let us know what positions that he think are deep. And if it's you a position what? that the Raiders need, maybe yeah. we could expect them to draft someone at that position to, that we could expect to start. You know what a good question is? It, it kind of ties it all together with what you said. And I, I'm glad you brought that up is, is how many starters do you look for? How many starters do you, would you like to get? Out of the draft, you know how many when you when you attack a draft and last year was obviously different because they didn't have the full allotment of their draft capital. But when you look at the draft, you know, ideally, how many starters would you like to pull out of there? I think that that could open up a really good question and a really good answer. So that's that's good stuff by you. I like that. 702-365-9200. Also, our don't be broke dot com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Who we got up first, Amon? Raider Rock. Raider Rock. Seoul Korea. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up? Uh, well, I didn't get to hear uh, Damon um, on his play-by-play, but congratulations. Um, I think the I think the question I would like to ask, which is more general, is like, what is the philosophy in terms of like draft? Is it mm-hmm. like um, draft for need or positional need, or is okay. it uh, you know draft the best uh, athlete or their draft the, in the order that they've got people ranked? I like it. You know, because, yeah, because, um, you know, as you've mentioned before, like Baltimore Ravens, they always used to have a philosophy of picking the best athlete available or picking their best pick, mm-hmm. right, on the, on the draft board. And they've always built up depth and, uh, and, uh, you know, built a team, you know, around, around what they have. So, you know, just knowing what the, if they can give like a philosophical idea or just give a hint about, you know, Mm-hmm. And what their general view on the draft is, I think that would be very helpful and interesting. That's a great question. Great question. Raider Rock, thanks, man. Uh, it's always good to hear from you. And that's always the age-long debate, Damon, is how do teams attack it? And I talk about Daniel Jeremiah. We'll hear from him coming up at 3 o'clock. But he always says that when he was in the Baltimore organization, they literally just drafted best player available. They just went down, and if they're picking and the next highest-rated guy was a, an edge rusher, and that was on their board, they were taking them, regardless if they needed that position or not. And I feel like certain organizations, when you're already really talented, you could be, you could be in that, that, that kind of a mode, but I don't think that that really qualifies for everyone. But at the same time, best player available should be the idea. But I always feel like, and this is what I've been saying for a long time, I always feel like it's best player available inside of a position of need, right? So whatever, <laughs> if you need... It, like, if for, it, for instance, if you need a quarterback, best player available at the quarterback position. Okay, if there's not one that's ranked high, then you've got to move on to someone else. If you don't have, I mean, if there's all your guys that you have ranked really high and they're not there, then you've got to move on. But if you have an edge rusher ranked really high or a defensive tackle and you know, okay, this guy's ranked really high and we need this position, it makes more sense than go and get a guy that you have ranked as a quarterback, but you're not really, you know, it's not, it's not really that high on your on your wish list as far as I'm concerned. So I think it's a fine line uh, between best player available and best player available within a position of need. Because, look, for the Raiders, there's plenty of positions 
of need. But we want to hear from you again, 702-365-9200, our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. <clears throat> Mailman Raider said, a question for me is these receivers in the 40. How many will be in the high four threes? That's going to be a day two, day three guy because that's not a top of the list, but it's still something, in my opinion, that should be addressed. And that's kind of what we were talking about, Damon, when it came to uh, our guy from uh, Tennessee. Um, now I'm forgetting his name, but uh, you know what I'm talking Jaylen about. Hyatt? Yes, Hyatt. Thank you. I always think of the hotel whenever I think of him. But, uh, yeah, he's got speed. He's got speed to burn. It sounds like he might be a first-round draft pick, but if you can find a guy like that in the second round with that speed and just – I mean, he doesn't have to know the whole route tree. He doesn't have to be a defined route runner. He doesn't have to be Devontae Adams. All he's got to do is be a guy that stretches the field. I do believe that the Raiders need a guy like that that can stretch the field and, and just put in that extra element of speed. I mean, one, to compete with the AFC West, but just to, just to make that offense – that much better. So, uh, yeah, uh, finding a, a speedster wide receiver that would be definitely ideal. And if you can get one later on in the draft, a couple, you know, a couple rounds deep, that would be fine. There would be no problem with that. They come on a cheap deal, and you know what they're there for? They're there to stretch the field. Nothing wrong with that. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who we got up next, Devon? Raider Dave in Denver. Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. Hey, buddy, you know, we're both old cornerbacks. Did you bring your street <laughs> shoes? You going to go ahead and uh, get a seven-yard start and backpedal against Rich Eisen, turn and try to beat him? There you go. Maybe maybe I got that in the bag, man. Maybe I could try to do that. Because <laughs> at 46, you're definitely not trying out for anything else. Nope. Hey, you know, I really think a good defensive question is, is there somebody that could anchor the center of the line that might change the philosophy to a 3-4? And I wonder mm. how they're going to go ahead and get this defense to where they can get athletes, be it a 3-4, more linebackers, maybe more people that could actually cover Kelsey at that depth. And I just don't know if something like that's going to make itself available in the draft for these guys. But, you know, we'll see what happens, I guess. That's a great question. It really is. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, is there a guy that can anchor the middle of that defense? Is there a guy that can uh, anchor the middle of that defensive line, start to turn things around, and, and even start to give a little bit more of the hints of the 3-4, the which we all expected when Patrick Graham took over. Thought, okay, you're going to see a lot more of the 3-4 and really didn't have the dogs to go get it done. Uh, really, I mean, honestly – they need a lot of work on that defensive tackle position. Uh, the guys that they brought in were good at stopping the run, but they, they weren't worth the salt when it came to getting to the quarterback, right? I think they might have had maybe, what, two sacks and a few pressures, a handful of pressures amongst all the guys in the middle. Uh, they, they really have got to get someone who's stout and could be that, that guy that really collapses the pocket. And, you know, you start thinking about back to, you know, the old Patriot days when they had, uh, you know, the Vince Woolforks and everything in the middle of that defensive line and, and cats like that. It would be great to see some kind of dude that was just a dominator like that. Or if you look at what the Jets got with, like, Quinton Williams and, you know, of course, uh, there's other guys that are studs across the league. But just somebody like that, that's a really good question. And maybe they could find that guy here in the draft, either early in the draft or maybe a diamond in the rough. So uh, good stuff right there. We do appreciate you. You can keep those questions coming at a 69187, keyword r r That's our don'tbebroke.com text line. Don't call right now because coming up next, we're going to have Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll join us as he's here in Indy as well. He'll talk about what he's looking for, and he'll do it next on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a question, got a response on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R from Geese Mode. I'd like to hear McDaniels answer the question, what specific attributes are you looking for in a Raiders franchise quarterback? We know the type of quarterback he doesn't like, but without giving his hand away, what is the ideal quarterback? That's from Geese Mode on our don'tbebroke.com text line. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our good friend Vic Tafer. And Vic, I saw that you got into Indy uh, pretty late last night. I saw you take a picture of the Indy car there at the airport. And I know everything gets started really tomorrow, and so I'm kind of at the Airbnb chilling. How has Indy uh, in this rainy weather <laughs> treated you so far? Uh, so far, so good, man. Everyone's uh, fired up, getting that. Engines revved up for a big week. We get uh, McDaniel's tomorrow morning. I think we'll get Ziggler uh, on Wednesday, but yeah, it should be good. Yeah, it should be. I'm excited about it. It's the first opportunity I've had to cover the scouting combines, and you know there's so much that comes out of this, not only with the prospects, but also the business side of the NFL. So what most intrigues you about this week uh, here in, in Indianapolis? Uh, just the quarterbacks. It's the first time you know, in a decade they're ready to the quarterback, and they're going to look for one, and there's like, you know, like a handful of guys in this draft that are pretty uh, interesting, kind of uh, you know, all question marks. They all have uh, different strengths, so I'm just going to let these guys talk to them on Friday, watch them throw on Saturday, and hear what the scouts have to say. But uh, to me, that's a big thing. Also, obviously, the Raiders need defense, so looking for impact defensive guys as, as well. Well, one quarterback that's not going to be going through any of the drills, but you guys had an opportunity to talk to him at the Athletic, was a Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker. He's coming off the ACL. And, you know, just reading the piece, Vic, it really sounds like he's got his head on straight, like he's got it between the ears. Uh, what were your overall impressions just of, of Hendon Hooker from just, you know, being able to, to hear what he's got to say, t- kind of his story? Yeah, I heard he was a good dude. I heard he was an impressive guy, and he really was. Just uh, like I said, he has head on shoulders. He's a real smart guy. has all figured out. Unfortunately, he had the the twenty sale last year, couldn't finish the season. Now uh, it kind of hurt his draft stock, but I think teams like him. I think they definitely like his uh, leadership qualities, and you can see in his, in his film he can make plays both with his arm and his legs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a fun process for him to go through this combine and the whole draft process. A lot of people are talking about his age. Does that concern you at all? Not really, but I, I get it. I mean, obviously you're investing all this money and time with a quarterback. And, if you get a guy who's 25 versus 22, that's three years. But to me, he's still very young. I think if he's a guy, he's your guy, he's going to have a long career. And like he says, he wants to be the face of a, of a dynasty, man, not the face of a franchise. I like that quote. So I just think he's a good well, – if you buy in, you buy in on the age. won't really matter in, in the long run. You know, when I was reading that piece on The Athletic just about Hendon Hooker, and I don't know how you were, but I was big on Jalen Hurts coming out of college. I thought that he could be a guy that the Raiders should be intrigued by. We saw what he, he obviously did leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl this past year. I don't know where you were with Jalen, but did you kind of get those Jalen vibes from Hendon Hooker as well? A little bit. And the sad thing is you know, the Raiders were high on Hurts as well. Just, they didn't figure it out. They had two picks in the first round and the third round on the second. They couldn't uh, – they couldn't make the right move, but the sad thing for Raiders fans is they really liked him a lot. He thought for a while that's where he was going to go. He had to get interviews with the Raiders, and he really liked them. So, uh, you know, hindsight all is twenty twenty, but they should have found a way to get into that second round and, and get their guy. Yeah, they probably should have just gone ahead and got Jalen Hurts instead of Damon Arnett. <laughs> I'm just going to say. i just throw it out there. <laughs> that's, also, that's also true. Obviously, if you reach the quarterback that high, it's better reaching a cornerback. So, uh, and Damon has issues. But for sure, they made some mistakes in that draft. That's a well, well-documented yeah, absolutely. Again, Vic Tafer is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, you can find all Vic's work on The Athletic. My man DeMond's got one for you. 
One of the bigger storylines that's going to be in the Combine this week is going to be Aaron Rodgers' appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Maybe that'll give us some indication on where he's leaning. Do you expect the Raiders to, let's say, formally draw out of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, or do you still think that he's on their radar? No, I think it's a long shot. I think my my feeling is he'll probably stay in Green Bay. I think that's the feeling a lot of people I know here. But, again, last year we all thought the same thing about, uh, about Adams. We all thought Adams was going to stay in Green Bay. But so you never know. But it seems like if if you were going to go somewhere else, they'd want a lot back in trade. And I can't imagine the Raiders are going to package one or two high draft picks. And the Jets definitely would. So, But the Raiders, I, I can't see doing that. So for that reason, I think A, a is going to stay in Green Bay. And B, even if he doesn't, I can't imagine the Raiders or the team will give up all that capital in the draft. So let's keep talking about the rookies in this coming mm-hmm. up draft class. When it comes to, let's say, the big four, Levis, Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and also, um, excuse me, Bryce Young, who do you think would be the best fit with this Raiders roster that they currently have constructed? That's a good question. I think um, it all depends on Josh McDaniels, what he sees in terms of the stealing on his quarterbacks. I think Stroud's a guy who can come right in and play. But Bryce Young, to me, the question marks are his size. I think that's a legitimate question. He's got a small frame. And so, plus, the Raiders are the trade-up pretty high to get him. I think he'll be mm-hmm. gone the first two or three picks. So, they pick seven. So, I think Stroud and Richardson are probably more. They're Will House and they like those guys. So, I think they'll be able to step in. I mean, right away, I'm not sure. That's why you probably bring him back to the Jared Stidham or veteran guy for a little while. But I think those guys should be playing sooner than later. And there's so much talent on Raiders' offense. But it'll definitely help those guys uh, develop quicker. You know, that's kind of the, the way that I think that they almost have to go is bring in a veteran and then maybe at some point uh, give way to a rookie if they do, in fact, go and draft a rookie. Do you think that the veteran, like you mentioned, Jared Stidham, he, to me, is more valuable to the Raiders than any other team in the league. But do you, th- do you see another veteran out there that, that you might think that Josh McDaniels and company likes? Yeah, I don't want to say it, man. I'm going I'm to say it. I'm going to say Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz. No way. He'd be dirty. <laughs> I think it was a fulfilling guy. I mean, don't I don't want to believe it, but I think it's a possibility. They brought in Scott Turner, who works in Washington, who's on the offensive staff now, so he would know best. But this is a guy you mentioned, a stopgap guy, no long-term plans. The guy to come in, maybe help the young guy develop and play a little bit. But Sims definitely, I think, the more ideal case. But I imagine Sims got more. I don't know what the market is for Jerry but he has to have more shooters than Carson Wentz. So, but it all depends what they want to pay the guy, but. I mean, uh, I think Carson Wentz is somewhere on the radar. Hopefully not very big, but somewhere in the distance. But he has to be somewhere on, on that radar, I'd imagine. I'll tell you right now, I've been very much adamant when I say no to Jimmy G. I say hell no to Carson <laughs> Wentz, right? I mean, it's just... Well, I mean, I'm not man. the price point. Jimmy G's going to cost you a lot of money, but right. Carson Wentz will cost you a bag of donuts and a, a large coffee. So I guess it's a little different. But, yeah, you're right here. I mean, it's not the guy, but... Man, he was so good four years ago. People forget about that. I don't know what happened to him, but he was the man four years ago. No, he was, and then he got hurt, tore his ACL, and Nick Foles went, went along and won the Super Bowl, and he ain't been the same since. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I agree with it. Josh McDonald's, you got to figure something out. You got to do some magic. You know, he's the guy for four or five weeks. Hopefully, the young guy can come in after that. But, um, but yeah, I don't say hopefully. It's not, hopefully, I'm just uh, not talking the truth here. Maybe I'm just making stuff up, but uh, – uh, whatever, I think he's a guy that's out there and on the radar somewhere. No, I mean, look, you're you're not wrong. Someone else had hit me up earlier today and said, "Hey, Carson Wentz is available," and all I said was gross. But I mean, you're you're right. I mean, we all know how much quarterbacks are are needed across the league, so guys like him will get more opportunities than he probably should. Again, we're talking with Vic Tafer from the Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio. 920. So you mentioned the defense, and I feel like this draft is pretty deep when it comes to corners and defensive linemen. Uh, who do you think that 
not a, a certain person, but what kind of uh, position do you think Patrick Graham needs the most on that defense to kind of just get that thing going the way he wants it? I think he needs everything. I think there's probably only a couple of guys really who, um, I mean, three guys were back who really should be back from last year's team. So I think you need linebackers, you need safeties, you need cornerbacks, you need D tackles. Yeah. You might need another DN to help out John Jones on the other side. So I think it's certainly going to be the best player available. I think, uh, I think it's like a really good draft for cornerbacks, so I definitely think mm-hmm. he hit some success at cornerbacks in this draft, especially the first three rounds. But uh, to me, it's every, you need everything. That defense is, uh, is a long, a long way from being where you need to be. Yeah, facts. With free agency coming up before the draft, do you expect them to maybe spend some big money on some key name defensive free agents, or be in the trade market for, let's say, Jalen Ramsey? Well, uh, that'd be nice. No, like Ramsey's a big time player. That costs a lot of money, though. Also, but uh, you know, the big question was how much money you're gonna have available. What do you do with Josh Jacobs? You give Josh Jacobs a new contract? Do you give him a franchise tag? So that'll be the first question we'll have answered. But uh, I think they're gonna look at this as like a two year building process on defense. So I think you okay. don't necessarily need a huge, you know, big money guy on defense. A couple guys who can come in and start and make plays. Whether it costs you a little bit or, or medium amount of money, but. I'm not sure a huge uh, splash, big money guy is going to solve your problems in defense because you have so many issues. So I think they're going to try and find two or three stars in the free agency, two or three stars in the draft, and, and go from there. You know, I started this whole show asking the question, what you know, Raider Nation, what questions they'd like answered at the Combine. And I think one question I'd like to, to know, Vic, and maybe you have a better answer, is how long does do, of rope do these guys have? Like, how, how quickly do they need to win? Is Mark Davis there with the – Okay, build it up. You know, take your time, build it up. Or is it like, hey man, there's a sense of urgency. You got to win now. I mean, talking to these guys, soon as they have like a mile long bunchy cord rope, they have a, they're both not worried about their job security. That's for sure. So they both still have a long time kind of build it the right way. So my my take is that not really much concern about the record this year. And obviously, you want to compete and you want to like right. have fans happy, win some games. But I mean, I'm not sure they're too concerned about the record this year as far as just getting things done in terms of addressing the personnel needs, building something up where you have something sustainable over, you know, in the future. But, yeah, so to my senses, they're not really all worried about Mark Davis being frustrated with the season. I think the season's kind of another, another mulligan for them to kind of get things going in, in the right direction. Well, there you go. I mean, that could be, you know, the, a reason to focus everything that they have, all their attention on the draft and fill in a couple holes, uh, as you mentioned, in free agency, like a Josh Jacobs and maybe a couple other pieces, maybe a right tackler. So uh, that should be interesting. I didn't get to ask you about Anthony Richardson. Where are you on him, uh, the guy with the huge ceiling? But I feel like there's a lot of questions about just who he's going to be in the league. Yeah, I like him. You know, Deshaun's a little higher on him than I am. Deshaun Reed, my colleague, he has some really great tape. And he has some awful tape. But Will Levis is the kind of the same kind of guy who, like, the players you see, you're like, oh, my God. Um, but so, again, it's going to be all about, you know, the instruction and the quarterback coaching he gets. But in terms of raw talent, he definitely has everything you want. The guy can make plays with his arm and also his legs. And he seems like he's a good leader in the game and a pro offense. So I think he has all the, the things you want to check the boxes. But there's also some questionable things he makes. You wonder about, you know, how he'll do under pressure in the NFL and just uh, – Decision-making sometimes is questionable for both him and, and, and Levis. So I just think that um, great tape and also some really, really bad tape. So I'm somewhere in the middle of him, but um, it's all about the coaches, man. If they feel he's the guy they can work with, that's the key thing, work with and develop and make him better, then he'll be their guy. 
There it is. Well, that's some, that's intriguing right there. And Vic, before I let you go, uh, I know there's a lot of prospects here in Indy that are going to be rolled out, and I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of them that we're not talking about right now next week. But is there anybody in particular that's kind of flying under the radar that you kind of want to do a little bit of deeper dive into? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, like I mentioned, I like, the, I like the DBs. I like my guy, Ringo. He's not really an under-radar guy, but mm-hmm. Ringo's a guy in Georgia who's such a big dude and such a huge playmaker that I do a question you can actually make plays in terms of the hit movement, kind of getting lost in terms of the quick changes in defense. So he's a guy I want to look at more and talk to and see if he can be a guy who can make plays on the next level. There you go. Good stuff right there. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. I've been checking out all you guys' work on my travel from Vegas to here to Indy and all this morning as well. What do you got coming down on The Athletic that I should be on the lookout for? We have a big quarterback thing tomorrow. Like a big quarterback primer, all the top seven guys in the draft. We talk to a bunch of scouts and experts about how they may feel with the Raiders. So it's all about the quarterbacks tomorrow morning in the athletics. There you go. And, of course, we'll talk to Josh McDaniels bright and early. So, uh, Vic, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I'll see you at the convention center bright and early tomorrow morning. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. I right, appreciate you. There he goes. Vic Tafer from The Athletics. Some good nuggets there. Some really good nuggets right there from Vic. And Vic don't just... You know, he's one of those guys, and we bring all the guys that are respectable on this show and, and on Raider Nation Radio 920 in, in general. Guy, Vic don't just pull something out of his backside, throws it against the wall, and hopes it sticks. Some very intriguing stuff that he just unloaded on us uh, in that last 10 to 12 minutes right there. So uh, many thanks to Vic Tafer from The Athletic for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Speaking of time, it's 2.44. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number one, your calls, your texts, something that you found intriguing that Vic had to say. Holler at us. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 2.48 is the time. Many thanks to Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Joined us in the last segment. Dropped some really good nuggets. And just from what it sounds like from Vic, and I know this is just one person's opinion, it sounds like this is a process that's going to be a process. <laughs> Me and DeMond were kind of discussing it during the commercial break, and to me when he said it sounded like, you know, it felt like, oh, this year could be a mulligan year, I thought, well, what was last year? <laughs> if this year is a mulligan year, what was last year? So, uh, interesting. When I ask about questions, you know, what questions would you like answered this week? I think that would be a question that has been vaulted to the top of the list because I've been operating underneath the impression that this team needs to win quickly and, and, and show, show Mark Davis what they can do. Uh, anything less than a you know, 9-10 win season would definitely be a, a major disappointment it could be cause for consideration of, of going in a different direction. I just don't feel like that many teams in the league get that kind of leeway to go ahead and build it up, and I get it. The, you know, Rome wasn't built overnight, so you can look at it in that direction, but I feel like that this team really needs to, to find ways to win. But, DeMond, you mentioned it. You mentioned it in the, in the break. Listening to Vic, it almost felt like, well, 6-11, 7-10 is a possibility for this upcoming year. Yeah, not only would it be a possibility, but it seems like it would be expected. Where you don't bring in Carson Wentz if you're in win-now mode. You're talking oh, about no. a question that you would want to ask the guys that, that are going to be speaking this week, either the coach or the GM. Are you guys all in? Not so much as their effort. Obviously, they're giving their best effort. But do you see this team as a win-now team? Are you in win-now mode to say, like, do you think that this is at least a playoff team going into next season? I know that they maybe they can't give their full honest answer, but that's something that the Raider Nation would love to know because if you're say, hey, we're going to have a rookie, Jared Stidham and Carson Wentz, nobody's feeling confident no. about that team. 
No, no, not at all. And, you know, I, I'll say this. If if it is going to be one of those years where maybe it's just a draft and develop type year, I mean, hell, do what you got to do to go get the quarterback that you want. You know, if you're going to just draft someone and develop them and, and, and call it a, a day, I mean, and if Bryce Young is your guy, go get Bryce Young. I know Raider Mack used to call in all the time and say that Bryce Young was the guy. If Bryce Young is your guy, go get Bryce Young. If C.J. Stroud is your guy, go get C.J. Stroud. Let him sit behind Stidham. I mean, if that's the case, and look, this is just reaction to what Vic was telling us in the last segment, you know, and this is just his feelings and his thoughts. doesn't mean that it's set in stone. But if that, in fact, is, is what the deal is, then go ahead. Start Stidham, and if, if the rookie, you know, at some point, has an opportunity to, to get out there. I would be in, excited and intrigued, and I've said this before, by watching a young rookie develop if it was a rookie that they really, truly believed in. You know, and, and I don't know. You know, there's been plenty of people, and we've had plenty of arguments, uh, not planned arguments, but just plenty of people that have been cutting for Will Levitz. Maybe that opens the door for Will Levitz. Maybe that opens the door for Anthony Richardson. I mean, I, I feel like, Damon, all bets are off. If, if, if it's a kind of an open book like that, then maybe – Maybe it opens up in the playing field for everybody. Yeah, every quarterback should be an option for this team, but I still think that I'm a little down on Will Levis. You know, I think we both are more than some people. We were talking about this a lot on Friday's show. But for me, if both of all three of the top quarterbacks are gone, let's say by the time the Raiders get to pick at seven, I'm just waiting and praying that Hendon Hooker is available in the second round. Right, right, and I don't think he will be. I, it feels like there's really a lot of uh, momentum, and I know it's not even the combine hasn't even really officially got started, <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think that he's going to be uh, available in round two, and so then maybe the Raiders trade back and find a way to get him. And the one thing about maybe getting him in the first round that I think would be intriguing, it'd be the fact that similar to what Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson when they traded up to the back end of the second of the first round to get that fifth year option on him, that could be beneficial, especially if he's not going to play his first year. Right, so that that is something to think about. Uh, I didn't think he was a first round quarterback at all. Um, you know, when he tore his ACL, I was like, "There's no way he's going to go in the first round. He'll be, you know, maybe a late second round, early third round guy." But if it, it sounds like there's a lot of buzz to the fact that he could be going in the first round. Aaron hit us up on Twitter, and I heard you get a good laugh out of it. I get what Vic Taylor is saying, but just hearing the name Carson Wentz made me throw up in my mouth. <laughs> That's funny, and I, honestly. I mean, I didn't throw up in my mouth, but I did get someone tweeted at me earlier. It was like, Carson Wentz is available. And all I said, my one answer, my one word answer, gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Mailman Raider, hit us up. Dolbybroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Another question I'll have is, Ziggs, will Ziggs be a GM that's plugged in all combine or let me get a quick nap in like a previous GM laughing my ass off? And that was uh, funny when the combine, when the cameras flashed over to the stands and Big Reggie McKenzie, I believe it was Reggie. It could have been his, uh, his twin brother, Raleigh, but one of them was uh, asleep getting a nap in at the Combine. And so those, those kind of pictures, those, those memes never, ever uh, escape Big Reggie. Uh, Re- Reggie had those, uh, those moments, and then especially when he had free agency open up and he had a bunch of money and he didn't do anything, everyone thought, well, he must still be asleep. Like, what's going on? Why, why is Big Reggie asleep? So that was always the running joke when it came to, came to him, and that's why when Mike Mayock came in, it was so – refreshing because you knew he was one of those guys that was up grinding all the time late night you know he he, he was very similar to uh, coach Gruden they had the same kind of traits where they were always just talking ball looking ball trying to you know figure out how to build that team up obviously it didn't work out the way that everyone wanted it to but you get the gist uh Gizmo said if we could spend a bag of donuts and a copy of, uh, of coffee or and a cup of coffee as Vic said for Wentz that's a steal for insurance to Jared Stidham 
Big free agent moves on D because we have the cash and high-impact draft picks with our 11 available picks. It sounds to me like a, con- a conservative path to the playoffs. If this is the new Raiders' way, it sounds like the right way to build a dynasty. That's from Gizmo. What do you think about that response there, Damon? I disagree. But everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I see why he would say that. Hey, they're building the steps. But that would mean that all the defensive players that they bring in, and even Vic in his you know, breakdown of what yeah. he expected to happen, hey, he was saying maybe two guys, in, two or three guys in free agency, a couple of guys in the draft. I don't think that that's enough to fully turn over this defense. When I brought up Jalen Ramsey, he said, yeah, that still would be maybe too expensive right. for what the team you know wants and what they're building for. I know that, hey, it's the Patriot way, and people are saying, like, oh, they're just trying to do it the same thing mm-hmm. the way the Patriots do it. But I don't think, you know, brick by brick, that's going to help in this division. Also, with the Patriots in that division, they were always going to be the best because that division was so bad. You that's can't just do, like, the, hey, a nice corner here, a nice safety in the fifth round. I don't think that's going to be enough because you're in, you're in a nuclear arms race. Yeah. You know, right now yeah. with the Chiefs and the Chargers. So it's not just enough. If you've got to worry about, let's say, like those early 2000s, you know, those teams, those yeah. bad Bills teams, those bad right. Dolphins teams. Right. The Jets have always been bad. That you're not really worried about the competition. It makes you look like the smartest guy in the room when you just get a starter here and a starter there. No, it makes sense. You know, and that's, again, another question. You know, as we go back to the original question I threw out there, what questions would you like answered this week here at the Combine? One of the questions I've had, and as we talk about these different guys like a Jalen Ramsey who may be available, talk about Aaron Rodgers who may be available, whatever the case may be, what are the plans for this team? And I know that we're not going to get the answer this week, but what are the tams, team uh, the, the plans? Is this team going to be a competitive team? Are they going to try to, uh, you know, compete for the AFC West? Do they think that they could be a playoff team? You know, that's that's going back to the question you talked about and I talked about. Would love to to know the answer to that, and I think we'll start to get answers once you start to see moves being made, but there won't be any official moves made this week, so we won't get that answer. But a lot of intriguing stuff. Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. DeMond's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the Airbnb in Indianapolis, making my way to the convention center tomorrow as the combine gets ramped up. Excited about that. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up. Let us know what questions you'd like answered coming out of the combine. And coming up, we'll hear from Daniel Jeremiah as well, going over his pre-combine conference call he had on Friday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.